What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. It is good to be back home hosting the show again. Shout out to my homies, Kendall and Shamari, for holding it down. Last week, I am that uh, back this week to to steer the ship as always. And we got a really great show lined up. A lot of stuff happening. Um, we got some new news regarding the, the Batman movie. It seems like every other week now we're starting to get some stuff, so I feel like we're getting closer and closer to some real uh, drops and some real announcements probably with this movie. We already know about the the, uh, the Pattinson thing, and now we're getting more and more information about the villain. So we'll discuss that. We'll talk uh, more about the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie. Uh, you guys heard Shamari and Kendall's review of that last week, so definitely you want to check that out. Um, we'll talk about the box office and who's to blame for, for the struggles they've had there. Ken Berg, the director, uh, is putting the finger right himself, so interesting uh, approach he's taking we'll talk about that and some some interesting uh uh possible plans happening in regards to to the dc universe app and uh into into the mcu and uh even on television on sci-fi in the krypton universe so really fun show of course jessica jones uh released this week so we'll talk about the first three episodes of that season um and also we will do our uh for the end of the show our first ever movie flashback or movie throwback recap we got to figure out a name for it <laughs> i had a name for it and then i'm like i don't know what the name should be we'll figure that out but we're doing our first uh a movie flashback we'll look back on a movie that we've obviously never talked about on this show because it happened before we had this show but i think it's gonna be some fun thing to do for the summer since we're gonna be uh you know there aren't gonna be as many superhero shows on from week to week and this week we're talking about watchmen so we watched it a couple weeks ago. I'm really excited to discuss it. I never read Watchmen nor watched the movie. So uh, Shamari's done both. Kendall also has never watched the movie or read the book. So should be a fun discussion. As you heard, my guys are with me here. Shamari and Kendall, I'll go to uh, Shamari first. Shamari, uh, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Looking forward to talking about Watchmen, of course, because, you know, I'm a big Watchmen fan, a big Alan Moore fan. Um, and I thought Snyder did a very good job with that movie. So I look forward to talking about that movie. And I'm looking forward to talking about, um, uh, well, I'm looking forward to talking about the shows that we watched. I mean, Jessica Jones came out, and so that'll be, that'll be an interesting discussion. And I'm looking forward to talking about some of this news. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, interesting stories lined up, so there should be a good uh, should be a good show. Kendall here joins us as well. Kendall, what are you looking forward to getting into today? Oh, uh, yeah. Um... This week would have been the week for uh, Justice League 2 to have come out. So Wow, really? Yeah. At least the initial release date, apparently. <laughs> so. Is that why Zack Snyder is still leaking stuff from his cut? Uh, maybe. maybe. Didn't, didn't they leak uh, Doomsday? Yeah, Doomsday. Uh, no, it wasn't Doomsday. It was uh, Darkseid. Or Darkseid. Yeah, it was a picture of Darkseid. Yeah, and, and, uh, a picture of Darkseid, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and like, uh, like Ray Fisher's family, I think, or something like that. Yeah. People going crazy on the internet. Yo, I don't he, even, well, yo, he has like these zealots on the internet, man. Like yeah. we need to get we need to get these Snyder people the hell out of here. I don't know why people. I mean, look, those movies aren't that far removed, but like, if we heard like Sam Raimi came out and was like, yeah, for Spider Man Four, we were gonna do Captain America and Iron Man. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, well, yeah, yeah okay. that would never happen. But like, I'd be like, Word, but that was so long ago. Like, <laughs> do I even care? You know, like. If they said, yeah, we were going to do Doctor Doom and Spider-Man 4 as a villain, I would have been like, I mean, that's crazy. But, you know, I mean, that's that was good. so long ago. Man, this is another moment it's in the show did. where I feel like I wish I had that soundboard. Because I'd be playing that, uh, that Tyler, the creator meme. He's like, okay. 
<laughs> Sam Raimi. I would have Captain America and Iron Man. I'm like, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, you know, so I don't know. Uh, that was so long ago. Uh, yeah, they were at the pry. They were at the pry Iron Man and, and Captain America out of Marvel's dead, cold hands. Yeah. You understand that Marvel looked at that, what happened with Spider Man, saw the money they lost because they gave it all to Sony. You think they were going to give them more characters? Come on, son. That was yeah. not happening. Uh, that's crazy. But yeah, so yeah, anyway, uh, so Snyder is in the news because of uh, his, his him and his Snyder cut. Zealots are uh, are excited about this picture of Darkseid. Um, but we will be talking about his movie uh, in this show, Watchmen. So we'll have a fun conversation. But let's let's uh let's start the show talking about Batman and uh and and the man who's now leading uh that that franchise. It won't be anything involving Snyder or Ben Affleck, but in fact it's Matt Reeves. And multiple reports this week gave us more uh, detail as to who we could potentially be seeing when it comes to villains. So we've already been it's already been reported about the Penguin and Catwoman playing uh, major roles in this movie. But uh, geeks worldwide, shout out to them. Uh, they're now reporting that this movie will have, count them, four main villains. And all these villains will have a big impact in this movie. And they include Penguin and Catwoman. But new uh, descriptions that they apparently got from some, some character descriptions that they saw included the Riddler, who they described in the casting call as, quote, uh, someone between the 30s and 40s. And a criminal mastermind in Gotham City who takes delight in incorporating riddles and puzzles into his schemes, leaving them as clues for authorities to solve. I wonder who that is. I mean, that leaves no... <laughs> I can see why they just went out and said, yeah, the riddle's in this movie. Because if they got the casting call and that's what it sounded like, then that's who it is. They ain't no... Me through that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Calendar Man is, is, is the guy they're looking at here. Or, or Kite Man. Um, so that was interesting. And then, of course, we got... Uh, Firefly, which was, I think, the biggest shot. So, Firefly, we've not even been close to seeing in a movie. No one even thought about him being a factor in the movie. But, indeed, they are looking for a Firefly. Uh, they actually said uh, a professional artist, or arsonist known as the Firefly uh, attempts to burn all the places that he lacked the privilege to go on to go as an orphan child. Sounds kind of like uh, Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, what? <laughs> no, Kendall's still on the on the crazy description. Yeah, um, it sounds like he was drinking. Um, <laughs> there no uh, any ethnicity could be for the character in their 20s and 30s. Before I, I get to what you think of those two guys, uh, Kendall, um, quickly on Catwoman, it was described as a Gotham City burglar who wears a tight one piece outfit and uses a bullwhip for a weapon. So, if anyone thought the bullwhip wasn't happening, it is happening uh, in this movie. And Penguin, they describe as a Gotham City mobster. He is short, obese man with a long nose. He uses high-tech umbrellas as weapons. Yeah, they, they didn't care this leak, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> they just giving it away who's yeah. going to be in this movie, which is I, cool, but... Maybe, and, well, I mean, part, part, the Flash thing was, like, mad. It was, like, it was like no, hieroglyphics uh, trying to figure out who these characters right? were. <laughs> you know, they were saying Captain Cold was, like, you know... Ex-military, yeah, ex-military, CIA. I'm like, yo, we sure this is Captain Cole? Sure this ain't Rick Flag or something? This don't make much sense here. Um, yeah, nah. And remember you were saying uh, Rick Flash was like, you kind of like uh, the Wells from the show, but like he was like a tech Stephen Hawking type <laughs> yeah. in a wheelchair. I was like, all right. But uh, regardless, um, these are very bland. I'm not going to lie. Very, very cookie cutter. 
you know, it's Batman, so you know they they took these characters from the comics, but mm-hmm. it looked like you know, I mean, you know, anybody could have wrote these descriptions. You don't have you don't have to be Jeff Johns to write these descriptions. You know, <laughs> you can take any dude and be like, do you know anybody in Batman villain? And especially Penguin, Catwoman, and Riddler, that would have been the description yeah. more or less. <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy with the you puzzles know. and the riddles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the fat guy with the umbrellas, <laughs> like yeah, that, that yeah, yeah the high tech umbrellas and the long nose and the glasses and yeah, but. I mean, is this was that intentional? Are there are there going to be more nuances to the character, or are they really just going to try and take the comic, you know, straight from the page and put it on the on the big screen? And it definitely, there, there are different ways where they could where we could look at this news. I definitely feel like there's a good chance this is just the very early kind of. They might have just said these are who the characters are, and they still oh, might. Do be you coming. think that these are the main four villains? Because we got reports later on uh, that this movie will also include Two Face and Mad Hatter. I mean, I definitely think this is an, uh, this is an Arkham Asylum. Thing. It's mm-hmm. got to be. I mean, if there's gonna be that many villains, I mean, that's the only thing. That, if if we're gonna have a younger Batman, it's the only thing that makes sense is that he is in Arkham Asylum for some length of time for them to interact with all of his villains. Do I want to see it? It's a whole another conversation. Movies with a lot of villains don't necessarily work as well, but. Maybe Reed feels like he pulled off. I have no idea what to expect uh, with this. I mean, yeah, I agree that these these um, descriptions are cookie cutter. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't go base too much off the descriptions just because they know the characters. They know who the characters are. Mm-hmm. This is what I would expect from these characters, and I don't really want anything different. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm satisfied with with how they're describing them. Um, I but I I mean it could be in Arkham Asylum, but then part of me is like, do I want to see? Do I want a good portion of this movie to take place in Arkham Asylum? Probably not. You know. What, so, if, what if I told you it was like almost like Civil War, where like we were all hyped for like the the airplane scene, the airport scene, and like maybe like Arkham is more. It's got to be more than that if these are main characters. But like, what if I told you like the first. 40 minutes of the movie are in Arkham. Kind of setting up who Batman is. But in the last hour, a lot of it is Arkham-based. I feel like that's the only way you can kind of do this. The only I mean, way it makes sense. I mean, to me, like, doing, like, you know, Batman, Arkham Asylum, the video game as the movie, like, is just, like, impossible. Like, I don't want to say it's impossible, but, like, it's, like, you're really doing something very... Yeah, that's uh, tough. Especially as Very, uh, what's the word? Um, ambitious as a director. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay, we're not going to get any Bruce Wayne... He's gonna be exactly. locked in a place in one setting, and he's gonna be running through a million people. I mean, that almost sounds like a Bruce Lee movie. Right. That don't sound like Batman. Now it could be amazing, but it's just not something I've ever thought anyone would even try. Yeah, you know, it it seems like it could be sold as the ultimate action movie, and people will go see it. But it's definitely, like you said, not your traditional Batman story. From he a movie about, perspective. I mean, he talked a lot about wanting, like, I don't think it's going to be Arkham Asylum because I'm trying to take what he's saying at face value. And he said that he wanted a, a detective-heavy, noir-style film. I mean, that's not Arkham Asylum. Not at all. That's yeah. not what Kendall's describing in a super action-packed movie, though. I think that there are a lot of Batman fans who feel like those that's been lacking in his so character it, 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 in the it, it, last, sounds, last iterations we've seen uh, of him. It sounds more Arkham Origins. If you're going to try to compare it to something in the Arkham series, that's true. Or you're trying to figure out what what the heck is going on, or even yeah. Arkham City, or Arkham City, yeah, we're trying to figure out what the heck is yeah. going on and why all these guys are out, 
and what's happening, or just or just a bunch of guys were out doing crazy stuff in the city, and you gotta stop them. Right. You know, which, or maybe which there the is one person doing something. Like I mean, to throw out some. What if it was Hush? I'm not saying he's a villain. We don't even know if he's in the movie, but like maybe there's Someone's one person doing something, and like he's just dealing with all these different aspects. And, like, there's someone in the background. Maybe it's for right. a second movie, for all we know. But that could be the other thing where that's where we get the detective side of Batman. We're trying to unravel the entire mystery. I mean, Hush would fall right in line with that kind of story as well. And that would be a really great reveal if he somehow held that Hush was behind all this. But um, the one thing I, I do take from these descriptions that Kendall pointed out that I, 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 I tend to agree with, is it sounds like this could very well end up being the most... Um, the most true to the canon Batman story we're gonna get. You know, I mean, I mean it you sounds mean we're not like... gonna get a Bat card. <laughs> <laughs> Never leave the cave without it. <laughs> um, no, I don't think we'll be getting a Bat card in this. Uncle movie. Alfred. I don't think we'll be having an Uncle Alfred from Barbara. <laughs> what was her last name? Did we even learn her last name? It was. It could have been Gordon. Was it Alfred? Was it Barbara Pennyworth? <laughs> I hope not. I Probably yeah, that's gotta be one of the movies we do as a movie flashback. Um, <laughs> Batman and Robin. <laughs> we only have to flashback. We can do that now. I know. We know that. We don't have movie. We back do twenty back minutes back on that now. If you <laughs> um, nah, but to me, it sounds like this is this is gonna be very true to the canon, which is very exciting because I think for a lot of Batman fans and superhero fans in general, I think a lot of the times what's made things frustrating for people is when. Uh, they decide to you know run away from the canon for various things. I think uh, one of the only main critiques I think Spider-Man: Homecoming and I guess Far From Home has dealt with has been you know the the tech in Spider-Man suit and how much of it drives the narrative behind what he's able to do, and that that didn't like upset that upset a lot of people. Obviously, we know Snyder's issues with his Batman. Um, throwing you know grenades at people and, and blowing up buildings with inside with, yeah. with, with with villains in them like those were those were massive issues. It sounds like this iteration of Batman is going to be way or at least the story is going to be involved. In. I don't know who bat what Batman's going to be. Involved in. I think the story around him is going to be a lot more closer to the canon. Right. And we hear him talking about one in the war style detective style Batman. I just I think that Batman fans when this whenever this comes out it's going to be very pleased. That's the impression I get. And I could um, jump into a big conclusion there. It, but the only thing but I, I, I would think, say, I think it's going to be close, very close to, to to the to the source material, which I'm excited about. And look, Batman's such a good character; it's hard to mess him up. It is, which it's is hard. crazy. How Snyder's been messed up plenty of time by plenty of people. But yeah. my thing is like, if this boy is just isn't a great movie, again, it's hard to mess it up. You think Matt Reeves? Think. Um, uh, Robert Pattinson, you think Batman, you think this has to be a solid movie, at the very least. But, I've just seen a lot of, I mean, the last movie I saw was not that great. Not received at all well. If this, if, so, I'm, so I'm thinking, there are a lot of bad super movies, essentially what I'm saying. Especially DC, hasn't has had a great track record, although recently it's been on a good stretch. If this movie isn't great, you know, despite it trying to be like a Batman type of film, you know, how will fans receive it? Will or will it be like the DCEU movies where there was a niche fan base mm-hmm. that was very, very, very uh, in its corner, very supportive, very, but it was a low percentage. 
you know. I just don't think that Sham. There's any way that DC. I think whenever, whenever, whatever they negotiated with Reeves, I think they clearly told him they they must have told him, look, man, you need to give us something as close to generic Batman as we know. Like, don't go, don't veer off into into weird zones that are very you know polarizing. I'm sure they probably talked to a lot of because otherwise you could have just kept Zack Snyder. Yeah, I'm sure they talked to a lot of filmmakers. He might have been the one to pitch him on that. Or you pitch him on a movie that felt like Batman. They were like, "Yeah, you're the guy." Yeah, because I think I think that when I see this, when I think about the backlash that they got, I can't imagine that they're gonna take another director who's gonna do a wild, another wild take on Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's infuse eight different versions yeah. of this character. Now I think that it's ambitious to be like, "Yo, we're gonna put mad villains in it," but also that is like, I just read a comic book where Batman was in Arkham Asylum and he had to literally fight through Arkham Asylum. Like Batman seventy, Tom King is that's the story. He wakes up out of you know out of a long slumber and has to fight through Arkham Island. and he fights through almost all the people we named in on here except for Catwoman, woman and uh and Firefly. I think everyone else is in is in this book. So it's not like it's oh this is like this is like crazy with Batman. Like no, this is this is not this is part of the course. He has these kind of instances often. Right. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still wondering how how this whole movie is going to shape itself out because there's so many people. Yeah, how do it's you... I crazy. raise the question, really... and how do you feel about just the fact of, that movies can't really... haven't really shown the ability to juggle that many villains? I mean, we've never really seen a movie with six strong villains, but, like, even, like, which is why a Sinister Six movie would still be... And maybe they're trying to beat Sony to the bunch or Marvel to the bunch, but regardless... Do you, is that a concern? I think it is. Um, I'm interested to see. I think a couple of things could help. I think a good cast is obviously going to help. Yeah, you're going to have to cast some heavy hitters. Yeah, I think that's going to mean a lot. So this may be a very heavy, may, a very talented cast of villains. I'm so sorry for the guy that draws a straw stick from being Firefly. Watch, they, watch. They're going to make Firefly the biggest actor. That's Warner Brothers' thing. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Yeah, it's gonna be Bradley yeah, Cooper. Like it's gonna be Alec Baldwin. Adam Driver. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, they can make him interesting. I, I could see them making him more interesting. You know, they always tend to do that. You know, give the character I really, the least story, yeah. the, the the most story. I guess I mean, I'm not as concerned about the villain things. I don't think that I don't feel like it's. I think the villains. I mean, they're saying four main villains. I think that they'll probably. Be, those four villains will be at the center of probably some very major scenes, but I think that a lot of this movie he's going to be running into a lot of people. Yeah, it's probably it'll be from his perspective, right? And I don't think it'll be so. I don't think it'll be like those other movies that tried to juggle multiple villains. Like they were actually trying to really make those villains like part of a story, and it didn't make much sense to do it the yeah. way they did. At like, I think that this will be a lot easier because I think it'll be more of him kind of. I think there'll be more of these run-in situations. Yeah, I think. Not like this guy is a factor in my movie the entire two hours, right. and I, two and a half I, hours. I think this movie is coming in, at least given the fact that they're taking pretty much from the source material these characters, if, we're, if this is to be believed. I think this means also that they're just going to assume you know who these characters are. For sure. We're not yeah, going to explain to you, this is who that's, Selena that's Kyle is, this is her relationship with Bruce Wayne, this is her relationship with Gotham. Yeah, this is Edward Enigma. You know, this is what this is who the Riddler is. He tells riddles, blah blah blah. Like, I think they're gonna assume like, all right, even if you don't know these characters, they're not they're pretty obvious to get. You know, Firefly shoots fire. You know, the Penguin, the mob boss. 
the Riddler is an evil guy, is an evil trickster that tells riddles. You know, Catwoman's Catwoman. Like, they're not super complicated to begin with, but they're assuming you know these characters. If you've seen right. the 20 millionth Batman movie, 20 millionth Batman story, assuming if you've seen this movie, you've probably known these characters. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a, I think that's a reasonable, uh, to be honest, I think that's a reasonable thing to do at this point. I think a lot of people know who these people are. We don't need to waste time with that. Video games don't remind you every time who these characters no. are. Yeah. 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 Have to explain to yeah, we played Arkham Arkham Asylum the first time. We didn't they didn't have an origin story for everybody that was in there. Like it was just these are the villains in there. Yep. So I think that they could do the same with a movie and won't be as big a deal. Um going on from um from D C to Marvel, uh we're gonna talk about Dark Phoenix here. It is uh suffering a really putrid um Putrid uh, box office situation. Yeah, how was second weekend? According to Forbes, uh, uh, the adventure took in just two point three million dollars on Friday, which is a uh, massive eighty three percent drop from its opening day earnings of just fourteen million dollars. So that wasn't a lot to begin with. Um, but Dawn Justice before had the previous record of the biggest one week uh, drop uh, in budget with a eighty one percent. Yeah, I mean, Fox. We talked about it last week, but Fox is projected to lose like a hundred million. They've only made uh, domestically thirty-three million over the course of the first week, over the course of this first weekend, which was a record low for the fan base. Um, this is this is really bad. <laughs> I mean, obviously to say the least. And Kimberg uh, was asked about what is the situation and how he feels about the fact that this movie is a commercial failure. There's no other way to describe it. And he said, "Quote: It clearly is a movie that didn't connect with enough audience that didn't audiences that didn't see it, and it didn't connect with enough audiences that did see it. So that's on me." Um, he did say, however, that he 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 enjoyed making the movie, and that quote, "I loved making the movie, and I loved the people I made the movie with." So uh, his criticism in regards to the actual movie, I think that he's not probably ready to really pinpoint yet. The movie did just come out, and he is just getting these reactions but he is putting himself in the line of fire when it comes to why this movie didn't sell uh i have a perspective that from not seeing it yet and a take on what i feel about this you guys have seen it um without spoiling too much what what do you make of his response having seen this movie you guys were a few people who sounds like who actually did see this movie um and him putting himself to blame for this is it fair for him to do that uh, I don't know. Um, honestly, I think I mean we and we talked about this in our review. Um, uh, we uh, the, I think the marketing was very poor when when it came to this movie. I, I told you this as well. I feel like they marketed this movie as another X three, <laughs> and I don't know why they would do that. I don't <laughs> you know I don't understand. People didn't like that movie. People didn't like that story. Hmm. You know, and you're gonna, and you're gonna yeah. market I mean, it. All the whole, we talked about that. You know, when they announced it, we talked about that when they announced scene. it. We were like, "Who wants to see?" We're like, this, "Why?" Man? I mean, I think, and maybe both of you even said, "Why are they making this movie?" Yeah. I thought it was a, a terrible. idea. You know, like this is just a bad idea, just all around from start to finish. It was a bad idea. So I don't know if it was him necessarily. If he's to blame, I feel like it was an uphill battle from the start, mm. and I mean. I thought the movie was okay, so I don't. I don't think it was his filmmaking that led to. I mean, the movie could definitely could have been better. You know, I feel like it definitely could have been better. That's for sure. But I don't. He he isn't. I feel like with these numbers, he's not to blame for these numbers. 
No. So, so I, I don't agree that it all lands on his shoulders. No. You know, um, Fox is a huge 20th century you know, Fox is a huge movie studio. Yeah, they're or a huge movie studio. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a huge studio, and, and these actors didn't pack it in either. You know, it's not like Fassbender just showed up yeah. for a check. It's not like McAvoy showed up for a check and left. You know, what I mean, I mean, they they gave good performances. Robert Downey, uh, no spoilers. Hugh Jackman, but um, this movie made nine million this weekend. That's what I'm saying, man. Nine million. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a seventy-two percent loss from last weekend. Look, I've heard people talk about this proof of superhero fatigue. I mean, look, when we see, we'll see the numbers for Spider-Man Home, Spider-Man Far From Home. The early trackings are very, very, very solid, spectacular. No pun intended. But 150, if you didn't see those numbers, that was the number I saw. So, look, is it superhero fatigue? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that, you know, because like I said, people need to stop talking about that. Yeah, you know, we're not really gonna know for a while about superhero fatigue until we, until we see the movie that we expect to do great, do poorly, yeah, do like this or do like maybe not like this. That's the thing, though. I mean, was this was this surprising to anybody? I mean. I didn't think this movie was going to do well. Maybe it's, I think it's probably stunning to actually see it not do well. I think it's surprising to, to studio people, to Fox, and to... What were they thinking? I don't know. They think X-Men. X-Men's been a I mean, I think now, now, I, now I think now, to be, <laughs> yeah, in fairness, I think that maybe like in a vacuum, you told me two years ago what X-Men Darkman was going to do. I wouldn't have thought this numbers. No. But I'm talking about after we saw that ridiculous... Terrible campaign marketing campaign they look, have now the, with the terrible build up with the bad reviews. Look, who thought this was gonna I, be look, a good, I, I, this I, gonna I, be good box office? I numbers. definitely think it got upended by well, one it got upended by Endgame, but even before that, it got upended by the Fox Disney deal. I, after that, yeah, it took all the weight out, out of it. You know, at that point, people were just like, "Well, do I even have to see this movie? It's not canon going forward. Like the last movie wasn't good anyway. There is no future. They're not making a sequel." This isn't Marvel. Like, it's a lot, very easy for me to, if I'm a superhero fan, I'd just be like, I don't really need to see this. So I don't really blame those people. Um, I suggest if you're a fan of the X-Men movies, the Fox X-Men movies, that you should see it. But, you know, if you're just a superhero movie fan, I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say, like, you have to see it type of thing. Um, but I do think that, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. You know, I wasn't surprised. To hear that, not to me. It's it's still a little like it's still it does, there is some shock value it's hearing a, yeah. a, a, a superhero movie with this kind of budget and with the X Men brand some with the semi cast attached it, with the to cast it, that it has and the cast of plenty of big name actors. Jennifer Lawrence, you know, any movie Jennifer Lawrence doing this bad is just it's surprising, you know. But when you market it as Jennifer Lawrence being killed in the first ten minutes. I don't know if that happens. Uh, you guys know. I don't know. But if you market it like that, then <laughs> you get what you get. I mean, if people are like, well, I ain't going to see General Laws that long. She's in that blue paint for like a five minutes, yeah. and then she's out. I, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see another Scott Summers from Last Stand. As you guys said, it was marketed as Last Stand pretty much. Yeah. And the people who went to, lived through Last Stand, who saw and the what, market came for Last Stand, look, they they knew what's up, so they were like, nah, I'm I good. Said yeah. on the, I said on our review... But, like, the movie, the reason, it'd be one thing if this movie was Last Stand, or if it was, like, a, it was pretty much the same movie with some minor things, and, like, they just they just sold the movie. They, they had, because that's why I don't blame Kinberg. 
I would blame Kinberg if that's the movie he made. Mm-hmm. But Kinberg made a movie that had other layers to it, had other stories in it that he didn't touch or they didn't touch in terms of marketing. Fox is a big brand. It's a big 20th Century Fox is a big movie studio with a lot of departments outside of who the director is. Yeah, the director is running the production of the movie along with the producers. Uh, apparently not, you know, Lauren Schuler Donner who said, you know, what did she say? Didn't I say it? I said it on the she show last week, something right? like, oh, oh, yeah, she was like, had nothing to do Apocalypse with was not me. Yeah. You know, and Days of Future Past, at least she said Days of Future Past was her. She was like, Apocalypse was not me, and this was not me. Dark Phoenix was not me. But, uh, you know, her name is on the credits, so okay. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? She ended up deleting the tweet, so, you know, take that for what it's worth. But, essentially, the advertising people, the marketing people, those are the people that really should take the heat because this movie had a lot more layers beyond Sophie Turner bugging out, which is really only thing you get in this is Sophie Turner bugging out and Jennifer Lawrence seems to be on the chopping block. It's the only thing I took from it going in. You know, that was the only thing I had going in. It was like, well, I mean, I, this is what this movie looks like. Um, what do you think this movie's about, EJ? Um, Just pretty much what you said. Broad. I mean, to me, like what I've seen, what I've seen, I, 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 I haven't been really spoiled at all. Right. It shows you honestly just the lack of interest in this movie. Right. I mean, there's no if I was, I haven't been avoiding it. Like I've been on Twitter, I've been on YouTube, I've been posting YouTube videos. I've been, I've been in these streets, and I've been like waiting for somebody to spoil something from Dark Phoenix for me, and I haven't been close because nobody's seen the movie. Uh, you know, to me, like it's <laughs> crazy. crazy. But that's what's happened. I've not, I've not actively tried to avoid spoilers. It's been a full week, and I've not seen anything. So I can watch this movie tomorrow, and I, everything that happens would be new to me. To me, um, I, I just feel like well, the one thing I will say about these comments, regardless of whether or not he's to blame, I do commend him for these comments because it's it's about time that we have a, a, a filmmaker who takes ownership for when his movie fails. And it goes back to what I heard from um, Don Cheadle when he was on The Shop, LeBron's show on HBO. And he talked about who are the experts when it comes to art. And he said a lot of a lot of misnomer for a lot of people is that they think that the people who make the production are the experts. When actually, the fans are the experts. Expect the viewers the audience, are the experts. Yeah. The audience is the experts. They're the experts because they are the ones that they're either going to respond to the energy being fed off on screen or on theater, uh, in the theater or on stage, and if they don't respond to that energy, then that means that the actor didn't do the job. The story, the, the director didn't do the job. The people behind the scenes didn't do the job, regardless of whether or not they thought it was the craziest joint that didn't matter. It's kind of like, I know we love hip-hop, it's kind of like hip-hop to me. Like, you have, you have some artists that are dope lyricists that, you know, that... You know the way they could put words together and the way they could they could you know tell a story could be crazy, but if it's not entertaining, and Lil Nas can just have a you no know, a nice little hook and you know yeah, it, you and last not, not I'm not lasting him because I love <laughs> old, I, I love old time road. I'm just saying like you could have somebody who may not have the kind of technical skill level so to speak, but he's entertaining. Well, that's that doesn't, doesn't matter that that guy has a million lyrics and a million bars, like. I like that Kimberg looked at it and said, regardless of what I feel about my movie, clearly this didn't work. And whether, in terms of whether or not he is to blame, I do agree that I think it probably lends more towards the, the production company. Fox did a very poor job of marketing this movie. They marketed a movie. They marketed the movie like they didn't want anyone to see it. 
They didn't. It was no excitement behind it. They didn't put any. There's nothing about anything we saw from those, they, now, those did they trailers. Put money into it? I don't know. They already, I mean, they, they they already put money they into it. We, we, were seeing, we were seeing. Yeah, it. we were seeing promo. But just the promo stuff that they put together. That like whoever cut those trailers, Very uninspired. They cut terrible trailers. They cut terrible TV spots. Now they didn't cut anything look, that that made me excited. It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely kind of a boring movie. I, I'm not gonna come out and say that it's the most exciting movie. So like I can see why the trailers were boring, but. There was just more story to it that they just didn't. And well, I guess maybe they didn't want to spoil. The but the story aspect of it, we don't, we you, don't know you anything. Don't, you don't know anything, and well, that's yeah. and that's where I do blame him a little bit. And like it was actually kind of cool to actually go into a movie and not know anything about it. <laughs> like I, I mean, generally, like with these these Marvel movies, I kind of know, like, all right, you know, this is kind of what we're gonna see. Endgame, we didn't know nothing, but like Infinity War, you kind of had an idea. Far from home, you kind of we have a good idea what it's going to be about. This one, I, I mean, I didn't, I knew yeah. nothing. I was like, I feel like it, and it was much better than you know, not to go to go too much into the re- review or anything like that. It was much better than Apocalypse going in, and you, you just you from the trailers, you know, you know, you know oh, no yeah. more false gods, no more all this, and it's just like that. That is what the movie is. Yeah, you, you know, know exactly what you're going to see. You go in, and then you see it, and that's you know it. who the horsemen are, you know who the horsemen are. You know who they're fighting. Yeah, you know what, like, you know who's on the team. <laughs> you know everything. You don't know any of that yeah. stuff going in. Yeah, the only thing you don't know is that oh, it's going to be a thing that's going to save them because like you see everything else that's happening. Like you know right. what's going to yeah, happen. Exactly. You know the whole world's going like, to fall apart and all that stuff. <laughs> like you see everything. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, in that aspect, like they kind of did what they kind of did what Endgame did, but they didn't have any of the excitement behind it. Yeah, Endgame any, sold itself. Dark Phoenix did not sell itself. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. like Endgame sold itself from Infinity War. Yeah. There's not like, like sorry, nothing from Apocalypse. Last Stand, last stand mm-hmm. you know, stands. You know, no pun intended. In regards to anyone being that excited for this movie, so they failed in that regard. I blame him only a little bit because. At the end of the day, he wrote the screenplay. Yes, and at the end of the day, he pitched this movie. Or maybe it was pitched to him. But he took on the assignment, and he wrote this script. And he wrote this movie. He didn't think that Dark Phoenix could sell. He shouldn't have done the movie. So and that's the only place where I think he deserves some blame, regardless of what the movie actually was. Mm. Um, is that at the end of the day, he did pitch this. He did write this. It wasn't like he was written. Someone gave him a script, and he said, direct it. And he said, all right. He came up with the whole screenplay. And yeah. if that's what he can come up with, and that's what... Fox could do with the production of it. Now, you're saying he got a raw deal with that. But still, this was just dead on arrival. This was never a good idea. Yes. And yeah. for him to take on this assignment, it just wasn't It wasn't going to work. I mm. mean, and, and it's, it's it's crazy to me because I've seen most people say that Dark Phoenix is probably the most well-known comic book storyline in all of, at least Marvel for sure, and maybe even all comics. It's a bold statement, and you can make the case that it is. And it's just, it's sad to me that we have two movie adaptations that just don't come close to doing it justice. It's just like that like that to me is just like something that I'm gonna look back and like, wow, as superhero fans, we were really cheated. Like imagine Civil War was last stand. Like you know how like you know how terrible you feel that that happened? Like that would that would be a complete disaster. And unfortunately that's what we've got with this. Yeah. And th- to me, I look at this and I'm like, man, I really wish that um, I really wish that this mo- that Logan. No, I really wish that Logan would have ended this movie franchise. That's the other thing I said about this too is that the X Men movie franchise is historic. See, it's legendary, and for it to end this yeah. way, it's just it, 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 it deserves it. It's unfortunate from Fox's perspective. I think as a fan, I'm fine with it being the end. You watched the movie, so I haven't seen have the a- movie. Like, 
But for my legacy, I'm fine with it. Like ending with, I wanted to see this movie. But for my you legacy, know, I wanted standpoint, to see more Fastman or more McAvoy. So, but like, but for my legacy standpoint, in terms of put going out with a bang, really putting your mark on what mm. this yeah, universe Logan was about. Definitely, Logan should have been the end of this. Yeah. Mm. And the fact that now this is the end, a nine million on the second weekend, thirty-three million on the first weekend, a twenty-something on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, that's no one. They, no, this this franchise didn't deserve this. EJ man, no one ends on uh, no one ends on top. You know, you know they always end on their back. You know, in wrestling, every career. Yeah, but you don't gotta flop. I mean, even even if you say no one fell off on Dark Knight Rises, it was still yeah. like very good movie. No, no one said it best. You you live, you either die a hero, or you live long enough <laughs> to see yourself become the villain. And, and I do, and I do give, uh, I do give uh, Kimber credit. He didn't pull a Josh Trank. He did not pull a Josh Trank. He, he, he didn't pull a Zack Snyder. Didn't saying, pull a oh, you, fan, you fans just don't know what the hell you're doing. You, you live Trank. in a fantasy world. Didn't pull Snyder. <laughs> you know, and no. he put a lot of because he could have easily just been like, I'm gonna collect his check. We ain't doing yep, the movies anymore, yeah, and just uh, whatever, whatever I, I put the, on the screen, yeah, whatever. I, who cares? Yeah, yeah. I don't he, get that sense, made, that impression at all. He made a movie. He <laughs> sometimes, tried. Sometimes you go in the theater, you you see that. Yeah, you, you see, see that, that. You see that from the direct. You see all you see are just promotional things for like Bud Light, right? And all this other nonsense. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. This director was just he. He just get, he just threw CGI on your on yeah. the screen, and it was just like he's like, oh, he's right. just like go watch this. <laughs> but you can tell this he this tried. was not that. He tried. He did the best he could. It was a terrible idea from the jump, but he did the best he could with that. So I give him, I give Simon Kimber more credit. I remember I when I when he got attached, I was like, this movie's gonna be terrible. Like we, they put a producer as a director. Dude's never directed before. This screams we want to be cheap. You know, we want to make the offensive coordinator from the bad team the head coach and think it's gonna work. You know, but it it, it ended up not being a total. It ended up being better than the other product. So credit to them. So uh, let's let's move to the to the silver screen here and let's talk about the DC Universe app. So um, a lot of that app is totally in flux. But before we get to that news, I do want to touch on a couple of very quick things, guys. So one, uh, Aqualad has been cast for Titan season two. Uh, he's a gentleman uh, by the name of uh, Mercy Graves. Uh, no, sorry, Drew- <laughs> Mercy Graves. No. What the yeah, Mercy Graves like, well, is the character he's playing. Going. Drew Van Acker <laughs> is the actor playing him. If you've seen Pretty Little Lies, <laughs> or Pretty Little Liars, I'm sorry. Pretty Little Liars. Uh, he is from that show. Uh, Kendall, I guess, wants to look now that he... he yeah, I don't know. I, it depends on the season. I've seen some early seasons, but, you know. Um, that he will be playing... Probably, probably uh, not. He's playing uh, Aqualad, who's described as a founding member of the Titans and uh, founding member of the Titans. eager sidekick like all the upcoming capes. But I thought the Titans were a new team. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of a weird description here. Yeah, that's an odd description. Oh, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, I know this guy. <laughs> it's funny. Um, Aqualad. Unless maybe they're going like, to somehow introduce that maybe there was a Titans team at some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Maybe, there was a, maybe there was an actual team Titans. Yeah, maybe the article spoiling stuff. for next Spoilers. Season. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about Titans spoilers. You know, just as long as they don't say, okay. you know. Yeah, Superboy kills Trigon in episode ten. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Man, I man, I'd be like, yo, I gotta watch the season, yo. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yo, Titans is ramping up. Yeah, Superboy's guess, gonna kill Trigon. Yeah, way more high intensity <laughs> than anything. You know, the Robin wake up in cold sweats to Batman night. Like, yo, they're gonna save the DC universe. Save the DC universe. So you guys uh thumbs up, thumbs down on Aqualad? I'm thumbs up. 
I am definitely thumbs up. I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen Pretty Little Liar, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah, speak guy, much, I mean, say much. Yeah, you, you're stereotypical. Yeah, stereotypical. CW actors. CW, type. you know, romance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I am excited to see Aqualad in this show. I'm sure there's gonna be the Garth version of Aqualad since he's oh, white. Oh, I thought it was Calder. <laughs> my sarcasm a little too much. I, I um, put that made that obviously known for those who don't know who this gentleman is. Don't have a picture of him in yeah. front of them. I was like, yo, are they whitewashing Aqualad? What, what is this? This is a Caucasian male. Uh, so I think we'll be seeing Garth. He's not playing Black Manta. Uh, <laughs> but, no. um, but yeah, I mean, I am very, very excited to see Aqualad. So we're getting Aqualad. We're getting Superboy. I mean, Titan Season 2 looks yeah, like it looks like they're trying. They're definitely trying. Mercy to- Grace. Uh, we're getting Deathstroke, Jericho, Ravager. You mentioned uh, Superboy. I don't know how I feel about all Crypto. Crypto. Kenno, you're not on board? Jason Todd back. I mean, just a lot. He's a season regular. Yeah, series regular. I, I, I just, that was a lot, man. Look. It's a lot for a show that already kind of was kind of jumbled. Kind of had a lot going on last season. And none of it really seemed all too linear. You know, yeah, we're just gonna middle of it. Let's throw a Hulk and Dove episode. I'm worried we're just gonna get out of nowhere. We're gonna have a Jason Todd episode, you know, where he's just Red Hood or something. Let's, let's throw Aqualad and the Superboy flashback episode. Oh, and we're getting uh, Batman. We're getting, yeah. getting Bruce Wayne. Yeah, we are getting Bruce Wayne. I mean, look, this is crazy. We're getting Bruce Wayne interacting with Robin, interacting with Nightwing. Is he gonna be good? I mean, look, I hope the last I mean, season wasn't terrible. It was fine, but. Yo, EJ, we're getting Jorah as Bruce Wayne. Yes, we are. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot, man. I mean, this is crazy. Hopefully he's good. That's all I'll say. Uh, also, for you guys, uh, Icicle Jr. confirmed our rumor is a rumor to be uh, appearing in Stargirl. He'll be played by Hunter Sansone. Um, I'm not familiar with anything he's done. And his picture is very generic. It's like, very much like your uh, IMDb headshot picture. <laughs> I see, it's the only picture I've seen of him. Icicle Jr. Every time I've looked, up, uh, looked him up. Stargirl. But, uh, but... The Next. Stargirl show. <laughs> Kendall, Kendall get, doesn't care at High all about junior. the story. You don't care Next. about you don't, you don't care all about High School Junior in Stargirl. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kendall does not care. That, that at screams all about the story. D, D plus D minus DC television. <laughs> Stargirl. You probably honestly Kendall, but, but Kendall honestly, you probably would have said the same thing about Swamp Thing. Kendall got the ultimate disrespect right about here. Swamp Thing and what. Or just his movie? Just or his in, show? Just the show in general. We talked about the Swamp Thing show. <laughs> now, look, that was post, like, you know, him being, like, in, like, him doing Just League Dark movies and stuff. And, well, yeah. You know, him being in, like, video games and stuff. But, like, I don't know. Stargirl. I mean, just screams. It just screams, like. I mean, when they said they were doing the show, I was like, shrugging the shoulders. Put High School Junior, I mean, I guess, look, he's a, he's a fairly notable character to the sweaties, you know. If you've seen any of these shows, you know, you've probably seen his character, but... So, the news about Titans and Stargirl were interesting because it juxtaposed a report from the Geek Worldwide's Thomas Polito. Shout out to him, who tweeted that uh, Doom Patrol, which was highly well-regarded, well-received, um, he said, quote, could be next on the chopping block. However, he gave uh, somewhat release to some fans by saying that the no decision had been made yet. So, Doom Patrol could be out, according to this gentleman, which uh, kind of lends into what we heard from uh, We Got Discovered, who said that uh, the DC Universe at itself is completely in 
danger that it could very well be axed and that despite the statement that they put out earlier in the week saying that there are still plans for more shows that they'll be releasing in recent months and that while the Swamp Thing cancellation is going through that, you know, not to panic, they can't explain why, though the, the reports have been kind of all over the place, whether it be creative differences, whether it be issue with the taxes and the state of North Carolina has now been coming up. Uh, regardless, uh, that show is indeed being canceled, but have no fear. DC Universe is fine. We got discoverers saying they have sources saying that it is not fine and it could be uh, nearing its end soon. Yeah, yeah. We talked, you know, a little bit about this last week when we talked about the whole, you know, I kind of broke down the whole, you know, Warner Media thing right. and, you know, how they're making a new app, new streaming service, and, like, you know, it's under new management now that they were bought by the AT&T. So, Definitely been some smoke that DC Universe might be gone. Um, it definitely is. I mean, look, they're saying Titans is safe, even if DC Universe yes. is gone. So what that means, I don't know. Whether that means Titans would be moved to the new streaming service while everything else is gone. Or... That's wild to me. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, Titans is, uh, I think, objectively, the worst show they got on there right now. I don't even think I mean, Titans is, is like trash. I'm not. I never said it was trash. I'm just saying. Objectively, no, yeah, I'm saying like that. That says that even says a lot about. But objectively, the app it's, itself. it's the worst show, and we it's the easiest one. To, to it's the easiest yet. one to sell, but that's true. That's fair, but it seems like way. But I mean, I mean, after I, one I, episode of Swamp Thing, I, I, I've just Swamp Thing Mari. falls off the face of the earth. I don't know how it falls. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure if it falls to Titans level. The, the only, the only, <laughs> I told every joke with Shamari that you know, you know, now once the tax, once the once the budget slash comes in, we're gonna start to see the CGI take a major fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and once it right. gets like episode six, you're gonna start seeing, you're gonna look you like know, a puppet. You're gonna start seeing sub, uh, Starbucks cups <laughs> on the screen <laughs> in the swamp. They're like, oh, Swamp Thing got a silver Star Starbucks cup. Why do you why do you guys throw his cup in his costume? You realize he was holding it the whole time because that suit gets hot. He needs to have <laughs> he needs to have iced coffee on hand just ready in case something happens. Uh, I don't know. That's crazy. This is all crazy to me. I mean, they, they I I feel like with Titans they put so much, especially now they're now they're putting Batman on screen. They haven't done that. They've been trying to do that on CW for years. Yep, didn't let them. Not they wouldn't let them. do that one. Apparently. I gotta be honest, guys. I think that this is now that I think about it. I think. I love. I like this guy, so I, I hate to to to, to, to 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 say that he's being. Uh, he's <laughs> never want to start with that. And I like this guy. He's a I like this guy. This, but this feels like Jeff Johns. Oh, oh this feels like Jeff Johns' uh, favoritism happening. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna Jeff, take Jeff a, a stab at Berlanti. Thinking, Jeff Johns. I thought you were gonna take a stab at this guy, the guy who did this no, article. No, 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 I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not really taking a stab. I got to protect the article. I'm not really taking a stab at anyone. What I will say about Jeff Johns is that clearly, I mean, based on where they've placed him in Warner Brothers, I know he's been moving around a lot, but they value him greatly, and for good reason. He's one of the best comic writers in the world, and he was behind this Titan show. Right. Him and Berlanti. They were the people behind it. Now, is he it, wasn't is that much behind Doom Patrol. He wasn't that much behind, you know, Swamp Thing. He's not, you know, I know he, he was involved with Stargirl, I believe. But the t- Titans was like his thing. And that's what right. really was drawing a lot of people. It's odd to me that everyone else's show gets canceled and his show doesn't. If, this, if that is what happens. That's fair. 
that it just feels like they're protecting Johns. And I'm, I'm glad we show don't have to have should the not whole... be the one protected out of the ones that have been shown. <laughs> I, I, I definitely thought this was going into a uh, you know we got we got to have a, a dialogue about Berlanti's contract. You know whether or not he's worth the. I'm not gonna. Million. I'm not putting. I'm not getting in the white's pocket. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm, I'm not, not putting, telling anybody. I'm how not you. putting my hands in the white's pocket. But <laughs> the other, the only thing I'll say is that look, Titans is obviously, and we knew this when they started DC Universe. It's obviously the brand, the flagship, it's show, the flagship the show. It's the flagship yeah. show. It's the show that attracts the most people to the streaming service. So I can see from a corporate perspective, them saying, "Look, Titans has to stay," versus Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing is out because of money. They, you know, refuting obviously reports, conflicting reports, but it seems like it's a budget thing. So if we, well, if you we, watch the first episode, you understand. Makes sense, yeah. But if we're talking like Doom Patrol, make that one episode. Doom Patrol versus Titans. I mean, look, I would probably say Doom Patrol, but at the same time, it is Teen Titans. It does have major characters. It does have now they're throwing in Batman, like. It is the one that's going to break the internet more than Doom Patrol ever will. I mean, their 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 plans for Titan season two seem so large. I don't know how um, Titan season two is going to work. It's it's not. Yeah, <laughs> hey, is putting out there. It's not. I mean, they they. You just, I just named off all these. How are they going to fit in all these oh, people? Is, is Starfire going to beat it? You can have a few episodes. Yeah, you, you can have a few episodes with Batman interacting with with Superboy, and just have that be like an episode. I'd watch that. I'd be like, yo, I want to, I want to see how Batman's gonna interact with this Kryptonian, and then Trigon's Even, gonna come in next. Episode. And then Trigon, like, they, they already have Trigon, Trigon, and they haven't gotten rid of Trigon. He's still being Trigon, <laughs> still the villain, like he, he's messing controlling, with them, controlling, Dick controlling Grayson. Dick Grayson and Raven, and we still don't know what's going on with that. Yes, Superboy's gonna show up somehow, and then Batman's gonna be in the show. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's gonna. Happen. It don't look like it's gonna. I mean, Kendall has a reason to be very pessimistic to me. This seems like a lot for a show that juggled a lot last season and struggled with it at times. Struggled, yeah, it struggled with it at times. Um, especially because they also were very committed to it being a Dick Grayson show. If they're still committed to this being a Dick Grayson show, and they're gonna include more balls to juggle in the air. That's what I don't want. I, I remember last I year we know. heard. Wonder Girl gonna be in the show. We're like, oh yeah, that's dope. We got a show Wonder Girl, and it was just Dick Grayson and Donna Troy re- reminiscing about the past for a whole episode. I'm like, I don't care about this, man. I mean, it's I guess it's better than nothing, but it just, it just I don't they, want a whole episode of Aqualad and it, Dick it, Grayson it became, reminiscing about. It became the past. distracting because it didn't move the story. It had nothing to do. With, it was like episode eight. Yeah, we I'm had like a lot of episodes. episodes. We had a lot of episodes that were just like, "Oh, this is a cool moment." <laughs> the moment didn't have to be a whole episode. Right. You know it didn't what have to be a whole episode. The moment could have been, been now. Could have been a flashback. Could have been, you know, why is this guy? Why, why are we committing a whole episode? I mean, Dick Grayson literally left the team. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah. At the end of the season, he left the team. We're like, well, how's this story? Where's this story gonna go? So I mean, and it doesn't sound. I mean, they seem like they're they they're, they they have a very untraditional storytelling. Uh, element to it i almost think that the way i look at it now i almost wonder if like this was really not really pitched as like a whatever the last season was 15 episodes i don't think that this is a 15 episode story i think that this to me it's coming more clear to me this is probably like a 45 episode 30 episode story it's probably much more like a comic book than even we acknowledge or expect because you include all these people you ain't gonna there's no way they could wrap up the trigon thing in a neat bow if you're introducing all these people it's not gonna happen. So, um, I don't know. I, I really hope that 
the DC Universe app doesn't go. Clearly, we're all huge fans of Young Justice, which is, uh, I want to say is undisputedly the best thing, but Doom Patrol was so great, and we've heard great things about Swamp Thing. That I don't know if I can even say that. But it's definitely, without question, our favorite thing on the network. And it does. we're not in a situation where uh, we're... we're, we're they're not producing good quality content and therefore they should be killed. Uh, I hope that they find a way to keep it in um, as part of it and that, you know, but I think Warner Brothers understands that the DC property is one of their most precious properties. And if they're going to get into the streaming wars, there's just no way it makes sense for them to jump in and not have DC content. It doesn't add up. How do you have a Warner Brothers app and doesn't have DC yeah, content? Yeah, not if Disney's got eight Marvel shows. And for them, perhaps they're just not making enough money from the DC universe on its own for it to be its own thing and then have another app. It wouldn't probably, the money to make that other app probably wouldn't make much sense. I, right. It's, it's a money thing probably. It is what it is. But if this is where we're going here, it, it's unfortunate. Because we're all big <laughs> We already fans have people probably, you know, of what downloading doing. everything from DC universe onto their computers, like, Gotta get this entire archive oh, right. ready. Oh yeah, somebody you know, probably screen grabbing yeah, right. their whole screen, just watching these shows, yeah, right? <laughs> these movies and stuff. Yeah, because like, that, that library we may never get it again, man. Um, staying on DC, but going to TV uh, away from the universe, the DC universe app. This week we had you know the debut of Krypton season two. We did not watch that, so we will not be talking about it this week. Hopefully we'll get to that next week. But uh, what we are learning is. That uh, one of the sh- characters that is appearing this season is uh, could be the center of their own spinoff series. So it is being reported by the Hollywood Reporter that uh, Sci-Fi is developing a series centered around the main man Lobo. Same actor, uh, I believe so. I mean, it's centered. It's a spinoff, so it's got to be that guy. So that is happening. I see you guys excited <laughs> all this news already. We need a cricket uh, thing. <laughs> it's funny because we're, yeah. we're you're listening to three people who all love Lobo. Right. That shows you how what we thought of Lobo we saw yeah. in the trailer yeah. for Titans. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm very iffy. You are, you're the biggest Krypton fan here, man. I am. Yes, you are. I am the biggest Krypton fan. Uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this more more leeway than probably you guys. I haven't seen this Lobo on the show yet. I don't know Fair. if he was in season I don't, I don't know if he was in episode one. Look whack in the trailers. You know, <laughs> That's a looks, strong, but you know, I mean we'll see. <laughs> it was on, it was it was honest. <laughs> there you go. You it's know, strong, so, but it was honest. So I mean we'll see like I'm gonna I'll be like look I'll see I I'm I'm very much one to be like okay you're a Lobo show me your Lobo. Right. You know <laughs> right. I'll do same, they, look I'm gonna do the same thing with Pennyworth. They did Brainiac well they did do Brainiac well. You know, they did Zod well. They did, well. They Zod, did Zod well. well. They did Doomsday well. Yeah. I'll be like, listen, okay, your Lobo, show me your Lobo. So it's, it's similar with... Uh, strange. Look, I'll give Lobo this. At least he does things. It's not Pennyworth, you know. At least, he's, right. at least he's not butlering, yeah, you know. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I guess he's like a, a spy now, I guess, or something. So, I mean... Look, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, that's something. So at least the show is probably going to be more entertaining. Maybe more entertaining than Krypton, honestly. At least he's 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 isn't he like a bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that's that's entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean I mean look, it could be it could be okay, but I gotta see I gotta see what he does in crypto. Oh man, Lobo TV series. 
I mean, unfortunately, it sounds like this happened. You know, Hollywood Reporter doesn't get stuff. Wrong. They they're not reporting on a Lobo show. This is happening, pretty much. Like this is, if this was like, you know, no disrespect, this was Geek Worldwide. This was, you know, BatmanNews.com. I'd be like, look, they maybe got a source, they maybe <laughs> said something, but they're running with it. Hollywood Reporter has no incentive to just run on a random Lobo rumor. So obviously this is happening, but I mean, man, what is the the look the glass half full approach is look maybe sci-fi they already seen these episodes of Krypton maybe they're like this guy Lobo is a star we gotta make a show out of this guy that's how good his episode is that's how good his story arc in the show is regardless of how much he's included in it they felt this guy is spinoff worthy I don't know or glass half empty they've had this plan to do this this whole time and they were like. Yeah, or maybe they even talk to Warner Brothers. Yeah, let us do Lobo. Let's put him in Krypton, and then we'll just make our own show with Lobo. Or maybe they said we'll make our own Lobo show, but let's introduce him in Krypton. Regardless, he doesn't look so good in Krypton, so I don't know if I want to see a Lobo show. There are already a, a ton of superhero shows, ton of superhero movies. You want to talk about superhero fatigue? Like, do I really need a Lobo show on sci-fi? I'm not going to complain. Because it's like, all right, you know, I'm not the more the merrier. You can make them, but am I gonna be the first one to be like, if it doesn't look great, am I gonna be the first one to be like, yeah, I gotta see this show? You know, we like Shamari did. It feels like Pennyworth, but in space. It's gonna be obviously a lot different, but it's 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 just like man, like it just feels very extra. It feels very extra to do a Lobo show if it's gonna be low budget. Yeah, I mean, they could hold this. This is not something I'm uh, craving for. I'm I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, Lobo to me, he's just a character that I'm not sure really works for for you know small budget television. Booster Gold would have made way more sense for sci-fi. Yeah, I agree. They told me they were doing I mean, a Booster Gold they show. Like a, they could have, yeah, I think spin they spin off Krypton, not spin off Krypton. He could have spin it off Krypton, but like like. In a vacuum, like Lobo fits on sci-fi. It's of just, course, yeah. it's just the sci-fi budget doesn't fit Lobo. Right, that's the problem. You know, um, for one episode, you I, I love the out. idea of Lobo traveling around the galaxy, encountering aliens and stuff like that. Sounds amazing, but it's just I don't think that sci-fi can produce something that is going to be fair to the source material. Honestly, right. I'd much rather see a sci-fi Lobo animated series. Absolutely, I would watch. I that. totally would one hundred percent agree with you. On I'd that. watch that. Live action, it's just not going to do it justice. <laughs> and is it going to be rated mature? Because Lobo, like, Trust probably not. Like, like, viciously. Like, so we're going to have our watered-down Lobo, too? Like, there's a lot There's a lot of things to be worried about with this, to me. Right. Um, Outside the fact that I don't think he looks great. The guy that they have cast, who they said, according to Hollywood Reporter, will be the same actor. They say Christian, uh, not Christian, I'm sorry, uh, Cameron Welsh, who was an executive producer on Krypton, will... Uh, write the pilot for this one. He he did the pilot for Krypton, and he'd be the executive producer of this show as well. I mean, you know, Krypton was really good season one, so there is that, you know, but what Krypton was trying to do, I think, was way more doable than trying to do Lobo to me. But who knows? I mean, Lobo has a, a niche fan base, uh, a fan base that is, is, is uh, you know, underrated probably. I think mean, he has a he he's a rabid fan base that would be excited to have to see do a show and they will watch, but I don't know if it's enough, and 
because they love them so much, I just worry that they're gonna piss those people off. I don't think they're gonna be able to do the job necessary to get this done. But we've been wrong before. We, we never know this stuff. But I, I'm not. I'm not that thrilled about it. And uh, lastly, this week, guys, um, interesting story. Another story out of we got this discovered. They have sources saying that um, Marvel is planning to somehow uh, reboot the Inhumans. So if you guys were familiar, you guys remember one of the early parts of this show, we did an Inhumans uh, review, watching those episodes, <laughs> I said on this episode, what did I say on the show, I think I said there was a nine, up, nine hours, I'm never going to get back in my life. Yep. Apparently Marvel is trying to trying to do me a solemn saying, we're sorry we did that to you, and uh, here is some better Inhumans content that hopefully you will like. Uh, according to We Got Discovered, they're saying that it could uh, possibly be a movie or it could be um, a series on the Disney of uh, Disney Plus app under you know Kevin Feige, who's producing the Marvel content on there, and that they feel that maybe it would be better if he was doing it as opposed to the ABC people who were doing that in human show that was just a complete, utter train wreck. So, uh, Kendall, are you a uh, thumbs up on a reboot of Inhumans? Uh, I mean, I don't think they have to do it. I mean, they they, can, they they may they may feel like they have to from a like story perspective. You know, obviously they got the X Men, they got the Fantastic Four. They're not running out of characters, but you know, they still have a limited amount of characters. If you just cut off the entire Inhumans, who have become obviously way more prevalent in the comics and way more prevalent in other media, uh, for Marvel. So, uh, I I could see them saying, look. It'd be better if we could just reboot them. Um, definitely makes the MCU a little more awkward if that's supposed to be considered canon. Is it considered canon? Did they, I mean, the one good thing about that show was that they didn't cross over with anything. Yeah, it was, was kind of weird because, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did so much Inhumans content. It was bizarre that they didn't really reference Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. Hey, wasn't there anything? Wasn't there something? A, wasn't there, like, the fish thing? Wasn't that, like, reference? Fish thing? Remember what? the fish oil thing or whatever? Is what caused the Inhumans to be spread across the country or something like that? Wasn't that talked fish about? Fish oil? You, you no way at twelve. P- First of all, there's no way at midnight you're gonna get me to remember anything. From you don't remember that storyline? Show. <laughs> you think I'm remember not, that? No, not from Inhumans, but from Agents of Shield. Oh, what from Agents of Shield? Remember how they? You mean like the the whole trans transformation ceremony? Not the ceremony. Wasn't there something with it was something with fish, and the Inhuman thing being spread. Like the inhuman gene or whatever that I, that I spread through like, like, like the like I don't know it's something with fish. I feel like that was referenced in Inhuman. I, I could be wrong, but that was the only little thing where I was like, I think I think that was supposed to be a connection. It says Terrigen infects fish oil on Agents of Shield. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, wasn't there a fish oil remember. thing? It's season three. So yeah, I'll, yeah, no way no, I remember that. Now was that referenced in Inhumans? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I vaguely remember that being an Easter egg, but regardless, nobody else does. So if they wanted to be like that, never happened. <laughs> yeah, know, they, just like yeah, Amadeus Cho being in, you know, Incredible Hulk. Just like Ed War- Ed Norton never happened. <laughs> like you can you can write that off. So um, I think they'll be fine. You know, if they said that Terrence Howard was never Rhodey, and nobody cares, then you can write off the Inhumans television <laughs> series that only thirty people watch and nobody remembers. Especially five years from now, which is when we'd see anything. Yeah, to saying it would be a Phase 5 movie if it became a movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested in seeing it. 
I mean, needless to say, the Inhumans that we got was abysmal. So we need it's something. Marvel's great, it's Marvel's yeah. greatest failure. It really is. By, without by far. Yeah, I think it's by far. Even they've had some pretty bad movies. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I'd be interested in seeing this. You know, <laughs> I, I think they need to. Uh, and it's not like this is something that was so memorable. It's not like people are going to be like, but what about Maximus? What about... No one's going to be saying that. You know, no one's going to be saying, what about Medusa's storyline? Where she didn't have any hair? You know, like, no one's going to be asking Yo, for that. They cut off Medusa's hair in the first episode. And now, the, you remember how awkward that scene was? How cringeworthy that whole oh, scene was? Man, He's like, was ah! <laughs> My God, that was terrible. Um, but, yeah, so I, they need to do that over again. So I'm, I'm a fan of this. Yo, man. Who, what's that guy's name? Not, his name is not Joe Buck. What's his name? Something Buck. What? The guy who's <laughs> Joe Buck. <laughs> not Joe Buck. Joe Buck's the you know, Fox play play announcer, right. the NFL football. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot, man. Um, not Nate Buck, Sam Buck, something like Jim that. Buck. Hey, Is it Jim Buck? Uh, Is it Jim Buck? I don't know. I gotta find his guy's name now because the people think I'm going crazy. Uh Scott Buck. There Scott you go. Buck, yeah. Man. Scott he, Buck. He, 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 better not, he, he better not work. I, I don't he know. Ain't I, hope, I, hope, Iron look, I hope that he, he I hope he gets yeah, work. I don't I never wish nobody don't get work, but I hope he never gets no work. That's a name that has been like, any superhero show. any superhero from the rest of his life. Man, Scott Buck has been like Voldemort on this show for like two years. <laughs> we haven't uttered his name. He just we've completely wiped yeah. out his, his name from existence. Oh, the pain he the pain he made us endure. After yeah. we did the Iron Fist, and then he came back with the, with the Inhumans. He was like, you thought Iron Fist was something. Watch this. Now, see, that is wow. that is like the opposite of Kimber. Where, like, Kimber clearly put in effort. Scott Book put in no effort. I think he put in effort to Iron Fist. He I think put, he, yeah, the yeah. Iron Fist no was him. Effort. He was trying his best, he and put that, it no just came out trash. It came out trash. He put no effort into Inhumans. No. He was just like, look, they gave me a check. Yeah, they, that's not a whole. They didn't give me a big check, but they gave me a check, so I'm gonna do the best I can do with this thing. So, shout out to Scott <laughs> Buck, man. I hope he's doing well, but hope he's not developing any more Marvel or DC comic for that DC content for that matter. Um, all right, Jessica Jones, season three. We're at the we're at the point of television recap. So, um, first three episodes. Uh, I thought it was cool. Um, it's very slow moving. I kind of felt like some of it felt a little bit too misdirected because of the idea that we, I mean, everybody knew there's no way that guy who stole the sculpture had Jessica shanked. I mean, that just, that, there's no way that that was true. Just the way these stories developed. It was yeah, crazy. and it just kind of felt like a waste of time to have her and Tris going through this, you know, wild goose yeah, chase. Especially when Jessica really had... Should have had no stake in the game, like she really didn't have any stake in the game, and I kind of it kind of threw me off that, like, it kind of also made Trish look awful that like Jessica with no spleen as she kept repeating over and over again was able to kind of like just outmaneuver Trish at every step and still get this guy, like it kind of also took away from the fact that Trish is this developing hero and this developing you know investigator, and we see her putting in all this work. She got all these. You know, sheets out, these stretch sheets and all the stuff to find all the stuff. And Jessica's getting this stuff in, like, just by instinct and pure guts and guile. And it's like, I don't know. I think it kind of undercut some of the stuff they were trying to develop with Trish. So I'm not sure I would have done it that way. I think that I do I do appreciate that the characters on this show are so, they're so morally compromised. And 
they push the envelope with it because you sit there and you start to say, man, like, is there anyone I could really truthfully like like on this show? Like, Malcolm is is I mean, he he, he to me he's unlikable anymore. I like Malcolm's character. I'll be honest. I mean, well, I told Shamari that Malcolm is. I'm gonna start calling him Malcolm Flynn. He's calling him Malcolm Flynn. He's <laughs> Malcolm Flynn. He's the fixer. The fixer. Yeah, he's going. He's doing his underhanded, oh, crooked yeah. stuff to get people. Like, he, he's, well, he's even more than Flynn. He's like Malcolm Cohen. <laughs> no, that's why they're Cohen. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I said Flynn, but Malcolm. He's he's Malcolm Cohen. He's the fixer. <laughs> he's doing all the, all the underhanded stuff. Man. Am I wrong? He's just like the president's <laughs> former fixer, like Michael Felix. Cohen. From uh, <laughs> Felix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. yeah uh, you know. Working for Kingpin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys didn't watch Breaking Bad, but uh, but uh, Mike from Breaking Bad, same thing. Like, this is who he's playing. It's it's not that it's not that it's not entertaining. It's that, I mean, he's doing these, like, terrible things where I'm just like, man, this dude, like, you know, he's breaking into, you know, Professor's office, putting a bug in his in his uh, computer, computer and stuff, and he's just doing stuff. I'm like, man, like, what? It, I guess for me, and they, they keep trying to put it in, but it's so. I think it's still hard. It's not resonating with me in that. Like, why is he doing all this? And they keep saying, oh, well, by the end of the year, like Jerry will just wave a magic wand, and I'll have like my own office. It, it's just not enough for, for me. I guess. I guess, I think maybe I want to see him fight more over like the fact that he's doing this stuff. Not do it. So, I look. I I, I so like his, I like his character. <laughs> I like his character. It's, it's crazy. He's mad, cold blooded. It's like, dang, yo. But why is he like this? I mean, he went through some messed up stuff. I mean, he did. <laughs> you know, like the last like, I mean, he went through two seasons of Jessica Jones, being like, you know, obviously the first season was wild, and the second season for him was also wild. Eventually, that stuff's gonna get to you, and he's like, you know, he went through this, he went down this path. He's not a he's not an idiot, you know. He's a little more cold. He's a little more like cold blooded, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I kind of i I probably like Malcolm's character, um, probably the most out of the people that I, I'm I'm seeing because he seems more like. It, like his end goal is just listen. I'm just trying to survive. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to yeah. make my start my but, career. But that's kind of why I don't like him because it seems very selfish. It is selfish. But that's not likable to me. To me, maybe you guys will different. But to me, it's like, so you're doing this because you, you want your job, you want a good job. But that's how like, most people are, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's realistic, which is why I said at the end, why, why I prefaced by saying I think that it is cool that they've. I think it is real estate people. You know, Trish to me is like really like she has this crazy kind of world like, you know, view of morale that she is like somehow good and everyone else is evil. Like in a way that that is true, that people have those kind of views um, because of their privilege, because of whatever reason. She clearly projects that into her heroism in a way I think is is something I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. So far, it hasn't really reared its ugly head quite yet. But I mean, when you know the girl, like after the girl survives, you know the the rape thanks to Trish, and you know she's sitting in the car. She's like, "You're welcome." It's just like, what? Like, you know, like, you know, clearly something's off with her. At the point where you know, in a way, kind of, you know, Jessica to me in the season one was like very much like an outlier. Like she was like, I mean, Malcolm was an addict, so he had the issue. But like to me, like 
why everyone else, yeah, they had issues, but they seemed to always kind of be, like, trying to fix Jessica, so therefore their issues weren't really on the forefront as much. It seems like, like, she just seems like another crazy character amongst other crazy characters this season. Right. Which is different than what they've been doing. Yeah. Yeah, it is different. I feel like there isn't really, uh, for the other seasons, there's been, like, kind of a stable character who can kind of be, like, the the moral compass. Which is it was something that she actually typed, which is a, mm. which is ironic. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this season they're just throwing that out the window. Which I mean, I guess I mean I, I think it's okay. My main my main issue with this season is that it's going so slow. I'm Honestly. fine with it. I mean, it's 13 episodes. It's the last one. I don't need it to be like. Sometimes they pace it too fast, and then like Luke Cage, it falls apart. You know. Mm. I'm just like, already tired of Jessica and her spleen situation. I, I I'm sorry. Why do people? Why do shows think that I want to see the hero have some kind of injury? Why do they think that? Luke Cage did the same thing in season one. Two episodes, he's running around Harlem, bleeding or whatever. <laughs> he got shot with the Judas bullet. Why do they think I want to see that? I know I, you gotta have the person go through adversity. There's a way to go through adversity without being stabbed or shot. I, I mean, I guess it weakens them to some extent. They're a little too strong. Yeah, but it's not like Jessica hurt. is that strong. I mean, I don't know. She's not Luke Cage. I mean, she's not. She's not. And, you know, impenetrable. But. Right, but like, it's not like my. I guess my point is that they don't like. They don't really flex her muscles that much on the show anyway. Right. So right. nerfing her didn't seem necessary. It just seems like an obstacle. It seems like an unnecessary obstacle. I gotta jump this building. Oh, I gotta. It's gonna be tough. I gotta take a pill before I do it. It's just like, it seems unnecessary. Mm. What is it? It's not driving. Don't the story is driving is that I guess she's trying to fight through this idea. That one, she never wanted to be a hero, and now she wants to be a hero because her mom died. She said you should be a hero, but she has this weird, like, view of heroism that I don't. Again, I don't really quite know if they've correctly told that story. So why? Why does she think that heroes don't bleed? Why does she think that heroes are invulnerable? Why does she think that? She knows Luke Cage and Daredevil, people who she's seen are heroes who. Have died. In Matt's case, she thinks that he died. Um, she's seen Luke go through issues and go to jail and stuff like. Why does she have this idea that heroes all of a sudden have zero problem and they just they get through everything? But she knows that's not true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It seems like a story flaw. Did she know? Doesn't she know having Tony Stark? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. And <laughs> not canon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just. I mean, I see where you're coming from, EJ. I don't, I definitely don't disagree. I feel like a lot of the characters on this show so far haven't been, uh, have been very unlikable. And not even really in a, oh, this is an interesting story point kind of way. Just in an, I don't like this character. Yeah. This is irritating me kind of way. More in like the, uh, more in like the foggy Nelsons of season, one. seasons one and two yeah. of Daredevil <laughs> kind of way. Honestly. Yeah. The point where I'm just like, shut up. Yeah. I'm t- I'm tired of hearing you. I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing you complain. Nah. No. Nah, why are you being a hero? Like that kind of <laughs> unlikable. You know, <laughs> like the kind of unlikable where it's like, man, get off the show, man. No one wants you here. That kind of unlikable. So I'm tired of that. All these characters are acting like that, and I'm tired of it. I just want. I yeah, just I mean, want. Jerry's like, trying to get the old flame. Jerry is going after this old flame. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kinda, like, why? I'm, I'm kind of like, tired like, why, of dying, why, Jerry. I'm like, why is she? <laughs> why is she messing? Like, honestly, I'm like, why is she messing with this happy couple? Yeah, I, 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 the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, 
Why are you doing? I, I know, I know why again. Oh, I'm dying. You know, my last breath is yo. The girl that I messed up with, that's the girl I want. Every person, as as not every person, but a lot of people have done had that one person that you screwed up with that you want to have it back with. And I guess because she's dying, she feels like this is what she wants to do. But like. It just seems so like yeah. and Malcolm, again. Malcolm Jer- shows up with the dirt, and she's like, "That's not enough." And Jerry, <laughs> he's like, "What are you? What is this?" Jerry is a morally great character, but for her to like go out like this, of like, "I'm gonna try to destroy this person's family just so I can get what I want," that just seems a level beyond Jerry's normal uh, moral compass to me. It just I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen her go that far. Where like, you know what? For my own, only for my personal gain, albeit she's on death's door and desperate people do desperate things. It just seems, it just seems odd. And even how they explained it, I was just like, oh, like, what happened after a while? I then I married my ex-wife, who I cheated on too. So I was like, oh, so, but you know, so you went on to someone else. This person we never even heard of until just this season. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It, it just seemed, I don't know. I say that to say that it's not like I hate these episodes. Um, I thought that they were pretty fine. I actually kind of liked the episode. I actually liked episode two. I liked episode. I liked the episode, right, the Trish yeah. episode. They had never done that before. The first episode where they ever did a, a show from someone else's perspective. That was, direct, in a first that was person. directed by uh, Kristen Ritter too. Yes, uh, I know. Which was she did a really good job, and it was cool to see the story from uh, Trisha's perspective. It's not something they've done before. And I got to say, man, I think the real MVP of the season has been uh, the actor that played Trish's mom. I mean, she's had the moments that I've laughed and, like, reacted to the most probably so far in this hmm. season so far. Yeah, and it's funny because I, think I didn't like Malcolm her in previous seasons. Job, but no, yeah. he's – oh, yeah, he's yeah, doing, thought, he's yeah, doing a great Malcolm's job, too. a great job yeah. as well. I agree with that. What's up with Homeboy with the, with the burger? I knew something was up. That was a tough, that was a tough cliffhanger to end on, man. It was good. I think it was a good cliff. It was good. I yeah, think it was, it was good, good cliff for the to do this show. Because, yeah. I, did you guys think it was a little, like, weird that Jessica figured out? That I don't know was, how she figured it out. Still. I don't know how. I don't know. She was like, Maybe his, his hand is by the same place where the guy's hand was. But that didn't make like, sense. What? Like, none of that made any sense. None of that makes any sense. That seems like an odd jump to a conclusion. So the question becomes, is it actually the conclusion we think that, yes, he is linked to this killing? I mean, yeah, it could be a false. It could be yeah, a could false. Be like, a red herring. Red herring. I think he is, but it just seemed like I that was a weird too. way for her to come to that conclusion. I know the show kind of established that Jessica has great instincts, but that just seemed like the way they the way they told that the way they showed it. There are times where you could do that where it just looks way more obvious. Where it's like, oh, like this guy is the same physique as this guy. Is it his brother? Like. You know, they had a similar. Oh, they were voice. wearing the same watch, or they were wearing right. a. They had the same tattoo. Right. Like they, like, like they went, like she been going through these, like not hallucinations, but like these weird things where she kind of replays being stabbed a couple times throughout the episode, and she has it again. This time, she realizes that somehow that guy was linked to it. Again, we could we didn't watch episode four, so it very well could be this is nothing doing anything. It was just like a nice false flag cliffhanger. Right. That that just seemed like a. If that is what happened. And somehow he is linked. That just seems like a weird way they got to that. I agree. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of how they did that either. I mean, it's interesting that he's linked. Um, I'm interested in seeing seeing what happens with this guy going forward. But I agree. It was it was weird how they how they came to that conclusion. 
Um, trying to think, is it any other story points we uh, did not get to? Uh, do you guys like the Hellcat? Or yeah, well, I like the Easter egg. Yeah, that was funny. No, yeah. Hell no, that was that was good. That was a good one. Um, were you guys anything you guys looking forward to the rest of the season? Any storylines? Well, I mean, this is the last one. Nope, not just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing. I heard there. I heard there are twists going forward that improve that make the season improve quite a bit. So, I think it has to because to me, like the the, the whole thing around spoiler alert, spoiler the whole thing around you know, Andrew Brandt, like he just seemed. I'm like this guy. Like this guy isn't gonna be end up being anything unless he is. Maybe I don't know. But my thing is, I knew he wasn't. Gonna, I knew he wasn't gonna be the main villain. Yeah. So that that guy, just some like some bro, yeah. some rich bro, like you yeah, know. I kind of feel bad. He was just trying to watch the fight, and they had to pull up on him. Like, dad, <laughs> yeah, man, you know he's watching Antonio. He's uh, he's watching Wilder. <laughs> he's probably watching you know he's watching uh, Fury versus Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, he just want to see a he's nice boxing Ruiz match. Ruiz versus Joshua. Yeah, no, he, he's watching Ruiz make history, and then you know you know what's name got to pull up on his spot. Like, yo, dog, I'm trying to just watch the probably fight. Probably had money on, on Joshua. He's probably <laughs> upset. Yeah, nah, he nah, he nah, he got beat up and he lost his and he lost the bag. You know, he had he barely got away with the statue. <laughs> like, damn, you know, they had to just blow up his spot like that. Uh, so yeah, I do, I did feel bad. He was just trying to watch the fight, and all of a sudden they pulling up. I did think that some of those shots of like Trish following him, I don't know if it was meant to look goofy, but she looked very goofy. Did anyone else pick up on that? What some of those shots where she's following him, like the way they shot it, she looks like really goofy. There was like the one right before she goes into the. Like from the one from her perspective, when she goes okay. into when she goes into his apartment, mm-hmm. like he he like walks in like like I guess perpendicular, and then mm-hmm. she's behind like the newsstand, and she just like pops up, just like it just seemed like very much like strange, like mm. like it, it looked a little cartoony. Um, I think they need to work on like how they shoot her stealth scenes because like Jessica really doesn't really use she uses stealth, but like she does it in a way in which like she's very like I mean. It's very convincing that like she could be a PI because like it's not like she doesn't look like someone who's hiding from someone or someone who's like you know bringing in somewhere. She's like she purposely fits into places and then does yeah. what she needs to do. Like Trish, maybe it's supposed to look that way because she doesn't know what the hell she's doing. But like she you know she's got this hood on and this thing on and she's like lurking around corners and stuff. It just looks very like some of the stuff she's doing in like broad daylight where it's like this looks weird. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, I felt that. I felt that way as well. Where she was walking around, I'm like, and other people, I'm like, she looks like someone that's walking around in a disguise. Yeah, I mean, people wearing so, shorts and shirts, shorts and shirts. You got a scarf on, and, a, so and big sunglasses, sunglasses and this big hat like, on, and a winter like, hat on, like you know. It's like, yeah, it was, it was very strange. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I know I've, I've, I've stressed the negative here, but it's not really a fair representation. I, I I was entertained during the episodes. There were those things I mentioned were things that wasn't. All that crazy about, but the one thing I will say, and I say this all the time, is that this is a, is a strong cast. Uh, Ritter is great as always. Jerry's great as always. Malcolm's great. Uh, the performances are good. I'm not sure if they've been given the greatest direction in terms of where their characters are going at the moment, but I, it definitely feels like this season right now, early on, is still trying to find its footing. I can't say for sure it's gonna either go north or south from here. Um, I think there's still a lot to be determined for sure, and the story kind of, you know, presented that way. 
Uh, last thing this week, finally, our first time we're doing our, uh, our movie throwback recap. So this week we're doing Watchmen. Uh, like I said before, I had never seen the Watchmen movie. I had never read the Watchmen book. So this was really exciting for me. Of course, if you guys don't know, Watchmen, uh, came out in 2009. It was directed by uh, Zack Snyder, screenplay by, uh, David Hayter and Alex Z. Um... It's an adaptation of the 1967, 19, uh, 1986-87 DC comic series named Watchmen. Uh, it stars uh, a pretty, pretty, pretty big cast: um, Malin Ackerman, Billy Crudup, Matthew Good, Carla Gugino, uh, Jackie Early Haley, Jeffrey D. Morgan, and Patrick Wilson. All in the uh, this this movie, which if you've never seen before. Uh, if you want to see it and you're worried about spoilers, this is the time to maybe say, I'll see you guys next week for more Hero Talk. But to continue this, the, 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 the show, um, it's an alternate history where uh, basically we're in the year 1985 and Richard Nixon has like been president now for like, with like 30 years. And through the work of these heroes uh, known as the Watchmen, and their work with the U.S. government and fighting in wars and, and a lot of different stuff. Uh, we come to this point in time where uh, heroes now really aren't quite as needed as much. Most of them have retired. But uh, the story starts with basically one of them being hunted and killed. And we try to figure out why that is. And we follow our characters uh, through trying to figure out what the situation is. Uh, Rorschach is kind of the guy who kind of really is behind the kind of mystery behind it and the and the the, the investigation behind everything. Sham, uh, you watched this movie several times. You watched it again, so I'm curious from your perspective, uh, watching Watchmen again. Uh, do you feel like this movie did the 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 source material justice? I definitely think it is. I think it did. Um... I feel like I feel like Snyder's style of filmmaking fit this story particularly well. Um, I feel like he showed a, a, I mean, I've to be honest, just to be blunt about it, I feel like he 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 made his job way easier in that he didn't he changed almost nothing with regards to to putting what was on the page on film. Mm-hmm. He basically took those panels and was like, "Let me make this into a film." And he made it very well, you know, like really well. And I feel like it translated very well into uh, the film itself. You know, I'd say, uh, I mean, if I think I had to pick one distinct difference, it would be that the film is darker. Snyder's way of filmmaking, everything is just darker usually. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that translated just fine into the movie. Um, I mean, on the page, it's probably brighter, but still still the same dark tone so it didn't change anything um but i thought you know i thought he did an extremely good job i thought the cast did a great job uh they were well cast and i thought that um i thought it was i i mean i want to say written well but again he didn't it it, it was written by alan moore (laughs) so uh but i thought it was i i thought uh the story is just is one of my favorite stories um, you know, uh, I thought everything with the comedian, yeah. uh, was done, you know, told well, um, you know, I thought the, uh, the kind of, uh, stories that are told kind of in between 
the chapters. A lot of that was kind of fleshed out in a, in a montage in the beginning of the movie, which I think is interesting. Um, but I thought that was done well, regardless. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I thought, I, and I thought, and I thought you did a good job of portraying the '80s as well. Yeah, and just having the whole place seem like a, a almost like almost dystopian version of of the 1980s. Yeah, as uh, kind of a very kind of dark kind of the underbelly of of a city um, where the, where, you know, where you, you see you know, Rorschach out, just out and about at night and with just horrible, horrible things happening to people. No one seems to care. He gets sent to prison and the, the person in the prison is just kind of analyzing him. Kind of just, I feel like that scene could have been, I mean, all this stuff could have been longer in the book, of course, cause it's going to go, Along with that at length, I feel like yeah. the book Rorschach, the whole Rorschach in prison thing happened. I feel like that was dragged out a little more in the book. Yeah, it was much more, uh, like the whole scenes with him sitting with the doctor. Yeah, those were longer, and they were uh, more entertaining. But I mean, the book is always longer. So yeah, <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I I I thought he did a very good job with this movie. Of course, obviously, it's my one of my favorite movies. So, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed watching it again. Come, this is your first uh, interaction with Watchmen. Yeah. Um, we see this story where, you know, the United States and, and Soviet Union are just steps away pretty much from nuclear war. And uh, we see that someone is pulling the strings uh, to make the, make this nuclear war become closer and closer to happening. We see the, the euphemism of the... The, the doomsday clock being moved up closer and closer to midnight. What did you uh? What did you make of this movie and how everything played out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, this is a uh, it's a very it's a very good movie. I see why people like it. Um, you know, Zack Snyder did a very good job. You know, the cast was very very good. Um, they took characters that while they had a source material, people aren't really super familiar with and. You know, they embodied those characters, you know, off of basically one version of them. Um, you know, I, the scene, the, the the movie definitely had a, a distinct kind of theme and a distinct kind of tone to it that was darker. So, um, but I think they handled that well. Um, it, you know, it, and the... the the thing you know, I thought I would, I would, I was concerned about was because it came out ten years ago. Would it still hold up? And I think it still does. You know, yeah, I think you can right. watch it now and feel like, I mean, the costumes are a little goofy, but it's not exactly supposed to be Batman anyway. It's not supposed to be, you know, the like Iron Man. Like you know, it's gonna look a little different. Um, so I mean, in that sense, I mean, I, th- I mean, I thought it was a very good movie, very good story. Like Shmari mentioned. Um, Said Rotten Tomatoes had a sixty four percent, so you could definitely see like older movies, just a different scale. You know, I feel yeah, like this, this movie, movie comes, comes out, out now, today. It's at I least think seventy five. I maybe. agree. Mm. So, which is interesting because a lot of people feel like the critics are out to get these movies now, but again, me and you are in agreement there. I think this movie yeah, comes out today. There are high. I think that bar. there's a little more of an understanding of what this movie was trying to do. Uh. I know, you know, I've criticized Zack Snyder a lot for the stuff he's done with DC on this show. But I got to say, man, I, I didn't read the Watchmen book, but the way, you know, the stuff he did in this movie, I feel like, man, if you love the Watchmen book, you probably love this movie. I I feel that way. I could be totally wrong. But 
it just seems like a love letter. I mean, even the opening sequence and how he put in all those Easter eggs of of, of the yeah. Minutemen and how they kind of got to the point they were with uh, being in 1986. Like, that was, like, really not easy to do. Like, that was, like, putting in a lot of content for people that, like, I think for me, who have never read the book, I appreciated it because I knew that's what he was doing. But because I didn't read the book, like, I didn't know exactly what was going on. I'm just looking at him like, wow, these are really a lot of cool, interesting, like, little nuggets he put in here that I'm, I'm sure, like, I would love to have seen played out in this movie that I won't get to see. But it's nice that he right. was putting it in there. Um, no, I think that the reason why I think this movie works is because, to me, I, like, well, here's what I thought. One, this movie works because this fits up Zack Snyder's, uh, Zack Snyder's aura. Like, just... It's 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 dark. It's 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 unrelenting and and being authentic to, uh, maintaining to that darkness and maintaining to that to that uh, to that uh, that like moral the moral gray area that this movie kind of sits in with a lot of his characters. This that's Zack Snyder lives in that wheelhouse. He loves that wheelhouse. And what's interesting to me is you know we talked about the Zack Snyder heads earlier in the show, and their plight. Today made more sense after I watched this movie, because for the if you've seen this movie, and you've seen Three Hundred, like those movies, they're Zack Snyder knows what he's doing. He's doing those kind of movies. Like they fit right into what he likes to do. The problem I think with Zack was he went into an element that probably didn't necessarily need the skills that he brings for those type of movies, and tried to bring it to movies that maybe we didn't want to see that kind of stuff in. And that's where we cut. We where I think he's he's gotten into trouble. But what he loves to do, I thought some of the way he shot this stuff and how he used like you know the dark, gritty aspect of the city that they were in, or you know, it was New York City for 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 a lot of it. Um, even just the I, I thought the way like you know the shots with Ozymandias, uh, uh, right. in in whether it was in his you know penthouse or or at the you know kind of like the fake portraits of solitude situation right. like. Even like the way he shot those things just felt very much Zack Snyder. Like I always talk about how he shoots in gray hues. Like this movie needed gray hues. They needed that darkness. Like it was perfect for what he was doing. And I found myself uh, and encapsulated the in the story. Of Rorschach was, was also done excellent. Yeah, and I and like I watched Rorschach and I was like, wow. Like I wish like I kind of wish that he allowed he was allowed to do Batman more like this. You know, more of him kind of really peeling through detective work and peeling through conspiracies right. and like you know not so much of just like kind of like you know I, I think i think zach got stuck because he, he kind of got stuck with bruce just being very much like i don't like this guy i'm going after him by any means necessary and it was kind of like you know on set on site with bruce and, and, and clark where I kind of wonder if maybe they could have done a little more with him trying to figure out who Clark was, what he was about, and similar how Rorschach was trying to uncover this mystery and how that maybe would have been more effective and kind of understand why Bruce would 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 come to the conclusion he comes to that he has to kill Superman. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I thought that some of the the standout performances. I thought uh, Patrick Wilson as Owl Man, as uh, Night Owl. I'm sorry. I I thought that that was. I thought he was spectacular. I think he might have been. Yep. My favorite performance of this of the of the movie. I it's so crazy to see someone like Night Owl, who you know, 
know, parallels Batman in that like, he has a something similar to a Batcave and he uses right. all the tech and he has his own mode of transportation and he has the money. But like them also but, but giving him like Clark Kent's sensibility and Clark Kent's right. goofiness. And Patrick Wilson being able to play that character the way he did, I thought that he was tremendous. I thought it was, him as a comedian. I thought uh, I thought uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan was fantastic as well. But uh, to me, I, I was just encapsulated by Night Owl and just like his like quirky goofiness. Like he definitely had like a Christopher Reeves uh, Superman feel to him playing this Night Owl character. To me, uh, I thought he was really awesome. I he I enjoyed his his thing the whole time. Um, so Shannon, I know this bo- this movie ends different, very differently than how the book ends. Do you like the way this movie wrapped things up? I do, and I and you know, um, I, I mean, I, of course, I first read the book, and I like how this movie ends a lot. Um, I thought when I when I first read the book, the book ending is really bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I was very taken aback and confused, kind of by the book ending. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad, it's not a terrible ending. I think it's fine. Um, this ending I feel like is more down to earth, even though this has the ending for this is very crazy too. But I feel like it's more down to earth actually than what happens in the book. Um, so, but yeah, I thought I thought Snyder did a good job. Honestly, I thought he did a very good job with with making this ending be what it is. And uh, and showing um, and uh, showing what happened, um, and, and just fit, wrapping up the story in a way that makes sense, uh, you know. So I thought he did a good job. Uh, what did you guys think of Doctor Manhattan? Because no one's really mentioned Doctor Manhattan. Mm. Uh, Doctor Manhattan. I tell you, when we watched the movie, I was like, Doctor Manhattan's kind of a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> like, Marie said that. Like he's kind of like he doesn't really have. Uh, and you know he talks about the movie. How he's becoming more and more kind of detached from humanity. Yeah. And I feel like he he kind of becomes so like just like self righteous in like his mission of knowing all and being above everyone. That I think you know in some ways I found him unlikable. <laughs> like yeah. I found like the way he treats uh the way the way he 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 treats uh uh Jupiter and the way he um kind of just presents himself to his, to his peers, to people who he fought side by side with. Even how he kind of, you know, fought through these wars and these black ops missions and, you know, he's seen he's seen what's the name go crazy. Uh, you know, comedian go crazy. He's just like, whatever. Like, he's almost like, he, he has this very much like, I'm above it all, like, attitude that like, it's, it's amazing to see someone with that kind of power and like you know, what happens if you have someone like with that kind of power, and then you just strip them of all humanity? Like, right. this is what you get. Like, I found him very, int- I found him very fascinating, but right. like at the same time, very unlikable because of that. Because I'm like, dude, like you, like I know, like you're kind of like lauded as like this hero and this like icon because of what you can do, but you could be so much more. Like right. he's Superman without like the influence. Like Superman is such a, is a symbol for so much, and this guy is literally just a weapon. Like it's it's right. very like crazy yeah. how that was written in the original book and then adapted well by Snyder in this movie and how that what the effect of that is the effect is that we're still on the brink of nuclear war and he's the guy that's gonna be able to stop it one way or the other but like he didn't inspire any change he didn't inspire anybody to be better yeah he, like 
he's almost he's like that superstar who's averaging thirty five, but like he he's a bad leader, so his team is still losing. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's very fascinating. It's, it's it, I mean I'm glad you made me talk about him because he was probably the most fascinating character of them all. Yeah, I, can't know, I don't know how you felt about. Him. Yeah, nah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, if and how they incorporate him in the HBO show. Mm. You know, yeah, decided, I mean, I imagine they'll bring him back since he's kind of a face of the the, the story. But you kind of he can't do the story right on, really. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, how that happens and how he's incorporated is gonna be crazy. Remember the rumors that John Cena might be playing him. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, they they definitely uh they definitely did a great job with, with Manhattan's character. Uh now we you know, when we find out Ozzy Mandius is kinda of pulling the strings mm, a little yeah. bit, you know, it kinda of gives him some leeway. It's like, all right, you know, he definitely was meant messing with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, making things seem a certain way and you know, that kinda of helped his deterioration and his detachment from society happen. Right. You know, maybe a little more accelerated than it was yes, supposed he, to. He definitely gave him the push. Yeah, he gave him that push. So. About um, right. But now, yeah, I think they handled the, that story very well. Um. So I think we should do, uh, I think we should, every, every, after we do it, I think we should do a movie score. So out of 10, as watching Watchmen. Shamari, what do you get? I give it a 9.5 out of 10. Wow. I, I think it's a nine point five out of ten. I think it. I think it's. I think it's a, a masterpiece. Wow. But I mean, um, and that's not even seeing the extended cut, which is apparently even better. But um, the extended cut of that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Ultimate cut, right? Yeah, the ultimate. This is ultimate cut, man. With these ultimate yeah, cuts. Yeah, ultimate cuts like, like three hours or something like that's that. Three and a half hours, or something. Movie's like two hours and what forty minutes? What? Yeah. Wow. Apparently, it's even better, which is crazy. Okay. Um, but um. But yeah, I thought he did a fantastic job. I feel like this is one of those things where the filmmaker and this movie and the and the source material is just a match made in heaven. Yeah. So, I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought the actors did a fantastic job. I thought he, the the way he shot the film. I thought the the way the actors portrayed the characters. You know, the way he put he had the sets and everything. Like it was straight from the comic book, which is exactly what I would have wanted to see. So I thought it was wonderful. I thought he did an excellent job. Uh, I'll go eight out of ten. You know, the the Marvel movies have definitely set a high bar. You know, where like eight out of ten is probably your average solid Marvel movie at this point. You know, your Ant Man type, your uh, I mean Captain Marvel probably gave like eight out of ten. Like I'd say it's I'd say it's about in that range. Um, but it's also you know I'm sure if I watched it in its time, it might have been eight point five. You know, but Ten years in the future, obviously the CGI is not gonna be as good. Uh, you know, do less with it, but still a very good movie. Yeah, I probably go, I probably go eight out of ten as well. Um, it's a solid movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mentioned all the things I really liked about it. You know, I didn't read the book. I think that that this this movie could have done with probably a little more action sequences. I felt like. They kind of yachted, yachted a lot of the action sequences, you know, whether it be the flashbacks to the war scenes or the flashbacks with the Minutemen. I think that just what I like to see a little bit more of that stuff. A lot of it is, you know, kind of drudging through the mystery of behind what is happening. 
And for a movie that long, I think it probably just needed a little more, a couple more scenes to kind of just pepper it up a little bit. I think the, like, you know, the scene in the jail cell, like, kind of, like, brings you back to life. But it happens so late in the movie. I think they could have used maybe one more scene like that earlier in the movie. Uh, because, you know, if you're watching it at late at night, which is what we did, you know, you got to... And we watch it that late, but we watch it, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock maybe. Like, you got to pay attention, you know? And, like, I think they could have probably used a little bit more of that stuff. Um, I Like, Ozymandias' plan and, like, what he does... Like it's it's like he I mean Ozzy Mandy is in sicko mode like <laughs> like what he how he justifies what he does, right. but I almost feel like I might have adjusted it a little bit. I don't know how much is different how different it is from the book, but I might have adjusted it a little bit to to not seem so like goofy, like you know I did oh he's using Doctor Manhattan's power to make it look like he's doing like I don't know I just think that there is a way that that didn't have to sound so like mustache twirly like that's if there's anything i would say that was a detractor from that i thought that that was a little bit of too mustache twirly of an end for me okay i'm like wow that's like kind of weird that this is how this is all happening but okay and it wasn't that like to me i was fine with him being the person behind it because he clearly from jump seemed very suspect but yeah that's the only (laughs) thing too it was very it was very it was easily foreseen you know, mm-hmm. it was almost two fourteen. It was almost full fourteen. That I was surprised. Yeah, it was obvious it had to be within the camp. Like especially when we get that right. late in the movie, and you still don't know. Like, all right, it's not gonna be some new character we've been in. We yeah. haven't been introduced. It's gotta be someone we've been introduced. And the only guy we've been introduced that's weird is that guy. Yeah. So, right. so he's kind of the parts of Malaysia. He's probably someone. Or the only guy that's like normal him. to an extent. Like the only guy that's like too normal to like, you know, right. everything's going kind of too well. You know, it makes sense, all right. Yeah. Probably. But at the end of the day, this movie was, you know, I mean, the, the original story was written in the 80s. So, like, right. they weren't trying to throw a million different curveballs. They, you know, they invented the tropes. So, yeah, exactly. So, therefore, like, the tropes in 2019, you know, after watching a movie that was made in 2009, probably looks they a, little, be a little more reinvented. A little more telegraphed, probably needed a little more reinvention, reinventing to make it work. But I like this movie. I thought it was really cool. I'm happy I got to watch it as, as part of this thing i think we're gonna try to do this all summer um you know me and tomorrow i talking you agree kendall we were thinking about doing uh days of future past the road cut as our uh, as our next potentially. one uh potentially but uh we have a lot of movies on tap that we could possibly do um so while listening to the show during the summer it should be fun but that's a good place to wrap the show guys so thank you guys for listening in to this episode of new generation hero talk um, you can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Of course, follow us on social media, New Generation Media on Facebook, New Generation Pod on Twitter, and New Generation Podcast on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New, Ger- new Generation Media, where we have a new video up right now talking about the NBA Draft. We'll have more videos on the NBA Draft coming uh, tomorrow and later on in the week, so uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Uh, but that does it for now. Uh, follow Shamari on Snapchat, MCShan22, and Twitter, MCShan22. Or Instagram, sorry. Instagram, sorry. Uh, MCShan22. And me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and Instagram, ActionEJ. We will see you guys next week. For Kendall, for Shamari, I'm EJ. Peace.